competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world, the Magic. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 452. Mr. Summage. Secretariat Bourbon. Huzzah! Yeah, that looks uh, that looks super sexy, my friend. Very jealous. Yeah, it looks very nice. It's pretty nice. It's the Woodford Reserve for the Derby. I pre-ordered it. Got shipped to me today. So it's a nice-looking bottle. Under nice. over remember- two weeks till the, till the liquor is gone, though. <laughs> I am impressed that so I, I got one for um for the Derby two years ago and because it was the day that my son was born so I've kept that and the goal is to keep that until his twenty first birthday and then we'll crack it open so that's one I could hold on to the secretary one I that's more like a you drink it and then you hold on to the bottle like we got those really nice ones from Kentucky Downs from our buddy Geis like that still sits up there very proudly displayed behind me there. Very beautiful bottles there. And then, yeah, the Secretariat, 50th anniversary. It's hard to believe, Mike. just seems like it was yesterday. Secretariat was winning the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, it's uh, it's a cool – I actually really like this one. I've gotten a couple of them before. So I pre-ordered it, like, literally the day it came out, I pre-ordered it online with guys shipped to me. Um, it's a gorgeous bottle. I like that they have the little Secretariat tag there. Got the the uh, silks all over it, too. So they did a great job with this one. I've gotten a couple of these before. This is one of the few that I'm like definitely going to keep. And I got one for my dad as well, who doesn't listen to the show. Thanks, Dad. Uh, so he doesn't know that he's going to get one for his birthday. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful bottle. And uh, uh, use promo code DUDES for – no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can use promo code DUDES for 10% off our friends at OGHandicappers.net. Uh, look good gambling while you're betting on the horses and NCAA basketball this weekend. Tons of gambling action still to come. And uh, we'll be covering an interesting pick five this sequence, Mike. It's not solely at fairgrounds, so you don't have to worry about the turf course there, which is nice. Instead, you got to worry about the synthetic course at Turfway Park because we've got five races, three from fairgrounds on the dirt, two from uh, Turfway Park on their synthetic. Uh, but there's going to be two derby preps and two oaks preps. And what's nice about this kind of one-off, Mike, is that it is a mandatory payout. It's also 15% takeout and a 50-cent base. So theoretically, we should have some pretty nice producing tickets here. You definitely could. I, I, this is an interesting sequence. You've got a five-horse race with the Phillies here over at Fairgrounds. Who's your Philly coming back? Allie's looks in there. Uh, it's going to be an interesting race and in kind of how you decide to attack that one. I ended up playing a press ticket here, so I'm just going to play a $5 ticket, $30 cost, because I'm going to go after this with a couple of opinions I have here. I have a couple of these horses coming back that I am high on. I specifically think are going to run really big in this spot, so I'm going to really shorten my ticket here. We'll talk, obviously, about all the different horses in the races and kind of where we would go if we did spread more. I know your ticket, rather cheap as well on the 50-cent side. Yeah, did, uh, and I took a couple shots here in spots. I was trying to find, uh, you know, maybe there was a long shot here or there that really kind of longer shot that caught my attention. Um, that didn't happen so much in the Bourbonette Oaks. I still went three deep and it was a little chalky there, but there's a couple horses that are interesting. But yeah, a very interesting sequence here, and uh, we've got, we both have singles. We're actually singling in the Fairgrounds Oaks, and we're singling separate horses. It's only a five-horse field, so it's kind of interesting that we had that. Um, it, it, yeah, only five fillies in that race, but there's at least three in there that, that we're very excited to see. And the fourth one that possibly could spring an upset, but let's get into things, Mike. The Bayou Bluegrass Five on Saturday, March 25th at Fairgrounds and Turfway Park. Riders up. Riders up. 
Chris Mael, not so happy about Providence's coach Ed Cooley leaving for Georgetown in the chat. Uh, <laughs> the comments, uh, the comments on his, hey, I'm sorry I'm leaving. I love you guys was hilarious. I mean, Providence fans just went off on him. It was amazing. Uh, first leg of the Bayou Bluegrass 5, the grade two New Orleans classic. This is race nine at Fairgrounds. We've got a field of eight older males going to mile eighth on the dirt, including the return of the Pegasus. World Cup champ, Art Collector. Boy, he made us look like total fools in the Pegasus uh, at a big odds, 15 to 1. He's 8 to 5 here. Are you going to be foolish and leave him off again? Oh my God. No. Okay, so this was one of the reasons I'm playing a $5 ticket was specifically this race to start off the sequence, okay? I was on Pioneer, Pioneer of Medina last time the horse won. What Held off Mr. Wireless. They're going a mile and an eighth versus a mile and 16th today. Don't really like either of those two horses. It, to me, this is a two-horse race. They're eight to five and two to one. And so when you get it down to a two-horse race, I've talked about this a lot. I'm going to single one of the two. I'm not going to use both of them. That single combined with a couple other horses later in the sequence forced my hand in my mind. The right way to play this is to play a, a press ticket, play a lot of times and try and be right there in that, that specific instance. To me, when you look at West Will Power and Art Collector, it feels like West or our collector is just the better horse here. So I'm going to single the two in this spot. I'm going to swallow the eight to five, not ecstatic about it, especially considering what the price was last time out. But that Pegasus has come back really strong after what we saw in California. Our collector eight for 10 at the distance, second off a layoff here. Mott's been on fire. It, I'm not sold on West Willpower either. I just don't like the horses that West Willpower has beaten the last few. If I was going to take a crazy shot, it'd be like the four Trafalgar at like 30 to one. But to me, Art Collector here is the class of this field. So I'm just going to single up the two to start off my $5 ticket. Trafalgar would be a crazy shot. I'll go on record as saying that one. Um, hey, well, it's a 31 shot. Uh, listen, Art Collector, and it's, it's, I feel stupid saying this because we weren't on him going into the Pegasus World Cup. And in hindsight, you're like, well, shit, the horse was seven for eight going eight, nine furlongs on dirt. Like, how could you not? appreciate that he's now eight for nine after winning the pegasus world cup and they kept him in training because the owner says he loves the game and he loves the competition but also the horse is still just doing perfectly well and, and who am i to say well no he's not because clearly i was wrong uh for the pegasus um i did use him i, I did use west willpower here as well i think he's perfectly spotted a uh, nine furlong race seems to be where he can use that early speed to his advantage and we've seen that work well at fairgrounds in the past where if you get out to the early lead it's very tough for horses to really close on you sometimes. Uh, he isn't a need the lead type. So if there is somebody that does beat him to the punch, he's got several races and wins on the page where he came from off. Flavin Pratt and Brad Cox, 41% winners. That's why I ultimately was like, I got to use this horse. Like Pratt's riding for Cox. And I know a lot of that is, you know, with wet paint, uh, for example, is a horse that Pratt rides a lot for Cox. But um, I used Westwood Power. And then I also did use Pioneer Medina. He actually was my top pick in here. Um, I went eight, two, three. Uh, but for me, Pioneer Medina, that Mineshaft Stakes win when didn't have him last time out going to mile on the 16th. He beat two of the horses that are in here, Mr. Wireless and Happy American. I like that Luis Saez is two for three uh, riding this horse since he got aboard him. Um, you can see that he also rode him in the Louisiana Derby last year. So, you know, a horse that he did like in the past, uh, ran a good second for a while, chasing epicenter and then just kind of fell off and, and finished fourth. But uh, I think the horse has got potential. And, you know, with this kind of where he's at in his form cycle, I think I'm going to use him. I think I'm going to get every bit of nine to two as well on him. I think Art Collector is going to get a ton of money taken, and rightfully so. What odds do you think Art Collector ends up going off at? Six to five, evens? I mean, that's the that's the real question. And to me, it's how much money does West Willpower take, right? I mean, because West Willpower would be the reason you see Art Collector at eight to five, right? Is if West Willpower is around that two to one number. I, I think Art Collector, 
should be around six to five in this race, I think you're going to get between six to five and seven to five. That makes sense. Um, yeah, you're right. It's all about what kind of money is West Willpower going to take there. The heavy Brad Cox connection. Brad Cox connections. Uh, second leg of the Bayou Bluegrass 5, at the Bourbonette Oaks Race 11 at Turfway Park. Field of 11. Three-year-old Phillies going a mile and 16th on the synthetic. 50 Kentucky Oaks points to the winner. Who'd you go with on top? Man, I this is, again, another reason why I feel like playing the $5 ticket is right here. Botanical looks really tough in here, right? Like, the, like that last race probably gets the job done. The race two back, you're going to need to improve off of. But there's no reason to think we're not going to rerun that last race. This horse has gotten better in all three synthetic starts. Give me the fourth start on synthetic here. Don't love it's Landeros up. Don't love the two-to-one price. But I, there's just not a ton in this race. I mean, you could probably make a case for AG Bullet, Silver Bullet, all the way on the outside. Hate that odds drop still. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not sure I really want a horse who's going to try and go wire to gate to wire in this field because there's quite a few horses that want to be forwardly placed. So it seems like the five botanical gets a dream trip here. Also is the best horse. You're sitting at two to one. Uh, the five seems awfully tough in here. So I put botanical on top. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and you went too deep. I agree on the other horse that you used as well. Um, I've been in love with this horse. Uh, Nick Feldman knows that. I've talked about her. We really want, uh, you got her in the Kentucky Oaks future at 30 to one. If she ends up winning this race, which I think she will, we both do. If she can somehow handle dirt, I think she is legitimately a serious threat for the Kentucky Oaks. She's going to have to show more improvement here. Uh, but I think she absolutely has the ability to that, that Cincinnati trophy stakes when she wasn't even trying, wasn't even breathing hard when she got done, she can set the pace. She can press the pace. She can stalk it, whatever, uh, the break leads to for Chris Landeros. There is another Brad Cox horse in here, the eight flashy gem. And I went three deep and I used her. I did. She ended up being the last one on my ticket. I watched that replay of her win last out uh, at Turfway Park in an allowance race. Man, she just looks so good, so impressive. And, and as she hit the, the stretch off the turn, she just kept extending. And I love the way that she was extending her, her lead there going a mile She's got plenty of speed to be in it from the start. It's a major step up in class, but if she can get to the lead, it's not guaranteed, but she gets an easy lead early. I don't, as good as Botanic Lose, I don't know that she can reel her in. Flashy Gem looked way too good in that uh, last effort for me to leave her off. Yeah, I, I kind of chucked all the speed here. I mean, AG Bullet is fast from the outside. Renegade Rebel is fast from the inside. Flashy Gem is probably going to want to go based off the previous races. The three of them should create enough of a pace tool here that I didn't want any of them. Uh, I do think the one Renegade Rebel is a little interesting at six to one if you're going to take any of the pace horses. But to me, there's enough speed signed on here that it's going to be hard for anyone to go gate to wire, especially I, I don't see anyone getting like a 24 second opening quarter. Right. I, I don't see any breather at any point in this race. And that really sets it up for horses who are going to be able to sit off it or or come from way back. And to me, that that sets up for botanical. And the other one I'm using the two horse. Bo Levy uh, coming in first time in North America for Brendan Walsh. Ired picks up the mount. That definitely makes me feel a lot better about this horse. Ran a good second last time out to Brave Emperor overseas. That horse came back to win next time. 33% here first time North America for Brendan Walsh. To me, it's kind of all systems go here. Really interesting place and in this is just where we decide to show up. I don't think this is a legitimate Oaks contender. But I think this is a very legitimate horse in this specific race over the synthetic. Yeah, kind of funny how that worked out. Like, there's no, I wouldn't touch this horse for the Oaks, but she's got that synthetic form uh, from overseas and, and, you know, against Stakes Company as well. So, uh, by the way, that she's only faced Phillies once, and that was when she broke her maiden on debut. She's faced Open Company, including, uh, you know, Brave Emperor, obviously, a male 
uh, winning that stakes last out. So uh, I used her as well. I, I think the fact that Irad showed up here uh, was very intriguing. That you know he's in town to ride uh, Major Dude, who we'll talk about in a little bit. But for this to be a mount that he picks up in this race, when there's a lot of trainers that you know he could have ridden for that he has ridden for in the past, uh, I just was very interesting. So yeah, I'm with you here. Uh, we're both agreeing two five. I threw in the eight flashy gem as well. Uh, Mike, let's move on. Third leg of the Bayou Bluegrass 5 is the Grade 2 Fairgrounds Oaks Race 11 on the Fairgrounds card. Field of five three-year-old fillies going a mile in the 16th on the dirt. 100 Kentucky, po Kentucky Oaks points to the winner. We're both singling different horses. Talk to me about yours. Uh, I mean, if you've watched the show, you know I'm singling Hoosier filly here. I, I, I drew a line through the last one. I thought there was enough of an excuse there. I think she's the best filly in this crop. I love the fact that Pretty Mischievous is 8-5. to five. I love the fact that the alleys look, who's Two to one. I wouldn't touch the alleys. Look with your money magic. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to hear the case for her. Uh, but I, to me, Hoosier Philly is a standout here. And in a five horse field, you're going to see less trouble. You're going to see the better horse win more often. To me, that's Hoosier Philly. I'm willing to draw a line through the last one. Like I said, and I, I love the price. I, I would be shocked if we get the two to one out of the gate. And if we do, I'm going to be back in a Briggs truck up. Yeah, it's, this is a case where I think how we both were approaching this race is you pick the horse you think is most likely to win and you single it. It's it's so hard to try and uh, you can make a case for obviously who's your Philly for the alleys look for pretty mischievous, I think, as well uh, as a horse that you can got it uh, that you can make a good case for. Christian Dioro, possibly, you know, you could try and say she could go get the wire, but she kind of spit the bit last couple times that she tried doing that. But that was a Philly I looked at as far as the alleys look. I think that she's going to be the horse that sits just behind Christian Dioro. And I think she gets first run at her. And if you go back and watch how she won the silver bullet day stakes, she didn't let anybody get by her. She was, she had a lot of flight in her. Um, now it was chop, chop and chop, chop came back to not do so well in the next spot. But just like with instant coffee, where this is the target since that race won back in January, this is where Cox has been targeting for the alleys look. And to me, that's a very important thing. I think Luis size is going to have, Eyes in the back of his head on the three and the five. He will know where those horses are every single time they take a step. He's going to know where they're at and keep them behind him. And because of that fight that she showed, expecting improvement here uh, in her second start as a three-year-old, best jockey in the race is a border. I'm going to roll with the alleys look. Yeah, I just can't. I mean, I, I I have absolutely no respect for Chop Chop. I think that was one of the more overrated fillies we saw coming through this class after what we saw, uh, not only at the Breeders' or, I'm sorry, Scratch the Breeders' not only at in the last race, but the two races back when she wasn't able to get the job done. I mean, Chop Chop had every chance to win the last two races she was in and just didn't. And so if I don't think Chop Chop's very, very good, then the alleys look falls off for me because that's really the race that you're pointing to to say, yeah, this is a good horse. Is that silver bullet day? I don't think it was a very good silver bullet day. And so for me, I'm willing to just say, okay, I, I'm not even going to try it with the alleys. Look, I realized she ran three lengths behind pretty mischievous the race prior to that. But like that was just a jump up out of nowhere from a, a buyer number and a time form number in that, that silver day, silver bullet day. I'm not willing to swallow any type of short price in the alleys. Look, I honestly think she should be like five to one in this field. And I don't think Ooh. you're going to get anywhere near that. Ooh, okay. All right. I'm clearly the third best horse in my mind. Clearly. <laughs> uh, any chance at all for, for uh, the one South Lawn or the two Christian Dioro? You were kind of shaking your head when I was talking about her possibly going gate to wire. If I made a case, it would be for the one South Lawn. Uh, I'm not going to try to make a case, though. I mean, to me, that, that would be the better horse of the two to try and play. I just the problem is that like pretty mischievous, the alleys look and Hoosier Philly all have some speed, as does South Lawn. So I find it hard to believe that Christian Dioro is going to be able to go gate to wire for Ashmussen. 
I, we've at least seen that the one Southland pass horses before, you know, I'm a, I'm a Ray Lou fanboy. Love him when he's riding a horse, he's getting back aboard here after a nice eight length victory. Second off the layoff for Norm Cassie is 20%. If I was going to make a case for a long shot, it would be the one um, I actually have the one. Yeah. Like depending how you wanted to play this, if you were going to play a 50 center here, I'd be using the five and the one. Um, I, I just simply because I want somewhat of a price. And I think the, I'm, I'm my personal opinion is the five covers the three and the four. And so if I think Hoosier Philly is better than the three and the four, the one is a price that would be the other horse I would try and include here to try and balloon this up. Because if you do get the one or the two, this is how you blow up that pick five. There's going to be very few tickets running through the one or the two here. Let's move on. The penultimate leg of the Bayou Bluegrass five. This is the grade three Jeff Ruby stakes race 12 at Turfway Park field of uh, how many do we have here? 12 three-year-olds. I forgot to write it down. 12 three-year-olds going to mile and eighth on the synthetic. 100 Kentucky Derby points to the winner. Remember, this race produced last year's Kentucky Derby winner, Rich Strike, who finished not first. So, hooray. Yeah. Where are you going on top? <laughs> well, I'm going to go with the best turf horse on top. Look, we saw what Congruent did when Congruent came to Turfway Park, right? Well, Major Dude made Congruent look silly at Gulfstream. So, I, I'm going to put Major Dude on top here. I, I Pletcher setting this horse in. I read coming into ride tells you everything you should need to know. Uh, I don't mind the post at all from that one spot. I think that that major dude has a very good shot at getting a nice trip here, being able to stalk. I have no issue around the distance at a mile and an eighth. Uh, Son of Bolt Oro has just been solid. I mean, ran second to candidate, two back, first off the layoff, came back, won that grade three, beat, got the revenge on candidate. Now we're jumping into a spot that makes a ton of sense. Probably just needs to run back to those turf races to be able to win this race. Doesn't need to take very big of a step forward. So for me, the one horse is a deserving favorite here at five to two. And you can tell why I'm playing a $5 ticket because it's just not that creative at this point. And that's when I'm definitely going to be pressing through and not trying to spread around and hope that my opinions are just right. Yeah, we uh, we I went too deep here. You actually went three deep, uh, but we agreed on the same horses. Major dude. If that turf form transfers over, he's going to be super tough. Uh, even if our boy that we claimed in the fantasy league, number four, fantastic again. Uh, I picked him here because I think if he gets a comfortable lead, he's gone. They're not going to be able to catch him in this spot. You look at how he ran in the Leonidas Stakes um, and, and the race before that, both times going a mile here. Just super impressive. Once he gets off the turn and starts extending that lead, uh, he looks so great there. Uh, or is the Wesley Ward, you know, broke the maiden on dirt at Saratoga after an early duel. So he was able to handle that. Um, you scratch off the terrible trip that he got from Rosario and the Breeders' Futurity. Switch to Turfway Synthetic, two straight bangers. Um, you know, he's been off since January, but a big reason is because the Bataglia is only three weeks before this race, and that's the local prep for this race. They wanted more time in between. Um, you know, the fact that this horse's dam is, or, or sorry, the, the, the Sire Fantastic, the dam is related to Gunrunner. He is a half-brother to St. Liam, who is a horse of the year, and Sired Harvard Grace in his only crop. Like, there's a lot of breeding to say this horse should love the distance. It's just a matter of if he is talented enough, Mike. Yeah, and what the pace ends up being as well. I mean, you mentioned if he gets loose, he's he's very dangerous. And I agree with you on that spot. If he gets loose, he is extremely dangerous. However, Maker's Candy may make it hard for him to get loose, as well as the uh, 11 horse Worthington. Both will probably be forwardly, or I'm sorry, Wadsworth, not Worthington. Think of a different horse. Uh, both will probably be forwardly placed. Wadsworth, two back, went gate to wire to break the maiden going a mile at Turfway. Last time out, missed the break and came from off the pace. So I, I would assume that you're going to see more of the speed than you will the off the pace effort from Rod Wadsworth, the 11. Uh, but I do like Fantastic again and don't necessarily think the horse needs to be loose to be able to win. I think that he can come from just off it if he has to. 
Um, however, going gate to wire obviously would be the best possible scenario for here. And I, I would be surprised being the inside speed if that is not the plan here. If we can get to that first turn first, then be able to float out the other speed, get a nice length cushion, they slow it down a little bit. It will make Fantastic again very interesting on the front end. Talk to me about the third horse you used here, number 10, two fills. Uh, by the way, the uh, previews for this and the Bourbon at Oaks are both up at youtube.com slash racing dudes. Vinny from Real Picks by Dynasty uh, put his uh, did the previews for those races for us. So you can go get his picks. He also liked two fills, though admittedly he also has two fills on his fantasy league, but you don't. You're unbiased. Why do you like him? I, I am unbiased. I thought two fills ran the best risen star of any horse in the risen star. We talked about that when we were on the live stream there. Two fills attended the pace. Everyone else who attended the pace absolutely quit out, made a roof around the far turn, made it a little bit interesting. Looked like he might actually win the race. Ends up running, uh, I believe it was third in that spot um, behind uh, Angel of Empire and Sun Thunder. I think this horse is going to transition well to synthetic. I like the fact that Ravelli puts this horse on th synthetic. Ravelli, 29% synthetic trainer. So he knows what he's looking for when looking for horses that transition well. And just sheerly from a class perspective, the two horses that have the most class in this race are the one who's your favorite, who got it all on turf, and two fills who has been running against Instant Coffee, who may be one of the top five choices right now in the Kentucky Derby, somewhere in that mm -hmm. range. So I, it's not like two fills has been running against nothing down at fairgrounds. Now he's coming up to a synthetic track, hard spun on synthetic, not bad. Revelli on synthetic, very good. And should get a decent trip here as well. Has shown the ability to sit close to this pace, but then close into it. I expect that he's going to sit fifth, maybe sixth, get a decent trip here and make a big run. I wouldn't be shocked if two fills wins this race. And so I didn't want to leave him off the ticket, especially when I'm pressing like this on a $5 spot. <laughs> yeah, Michael brings up a great point. Larry Ravelli, the trainer, plenty of experience training all weather winners. Uh, he's a successful winning trainer at Arlington, very successful. So um, I would have wanted a little bit better price to use him, but not going to knock anybody for using him in the spot, partially because of the way my ticket is structured, right? I'm a little chalky in spots. Let's so move on, Mike Fit. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, we're flying through this. So let's go back to that last one real quick because sure. there's a bunch of different horses there. So did you consider Wadsworth at all? Because I was scared of this 11 horse. Uh, a little bit. I thought it was a bit too much of a step up in class. Plus you've got, um, uh, you know, the, the 11 post all the way outside, but he's getting Landeros who rides botanical for Brad Cox, rides a lot of, of good horses for Brad Cox. So I considered, I didn't use, but it is a little at a price, especially is intriguing. And then the other, I mean, I, the other, I feel like we got to talk at least a little about point proven all the way on the outside, uh, sure. ran pretty disappointing the last two races, but it's interesting that Pletcher shows up with this horse here with the favorite major dude as well. Did you consider Point Proven at all? Ah, man, it, it, Point Proven is just kind of, you know, proven his point about what kind of a horse he is, for lack of a better term. Uh, just, I couldn't pull the trigger on him, but is something that you in, were interested in? I just think it's interesting he shows up here. I mean, if this, this to me is one of these spread races. If you're going to take a swing somewhere in this sequence, I, I think you can make a case for the 12. I think you can make, make a case for the seven Bluebirds over if you wanted to. The 11 Wadsworth a little interesting. If you're going to spread out anywhere, to me, this is one of those logical spread races if you, if you don't like the inside horse Major Dude. I mean, that to me is the key here. Because if you're on Major Dude, you don't want to go crazy spreading, especially if you're using two fills as well. But this could produce a price here. And we haven't even mentioned Congruent, who won the prep for this race. Yeah, that race completely collapsed. The Bataglia was like a mess of a race. The, um, there were two or three different leaders at one point during the stretch. Not interested in Congruent, especially not at that price. And I'm not interested enough in Wadsworth because I also wasn't interested in Scooby, Scooby Dooby Douchebag, Scooby Quando up there, number two, who was second to him. Uh, Scooby Quando can hit the board. You know, the 11 can hit the board, but I'm not, I don't think they're good enough to win.
Okay. All right. I, I you just poo pooing all these horses. So you think this is just an open and shut case, huh? I went too deep for a reason, Michael. All right. Well, good job, Curtis. <laughs> Boy, more hard hitting questions coming at you here for the Louisiana Derby preview, the fifth and final leg of the Bayou Bluegrass Five. We'll see if Mike thinks that. Uh, boy, did you single a horse here because you loved that horse, or just because you were drunk? We'll find out. Race twelve at Fairgrounds Field of. Uh, what do we got here? See, I'm still drunk too. Field of twelve three year olds again in this spot. One amount of three sixteenths on the dirt. Hundred points for the Kentucky Derby to the winner. Trainer Brad Cox has won all three previous Derby preps at Fairgrounds. He's entered three horses to complete the Grand Slam, including two that have won here. Where'd you go on top? Again, if you watch the show, you know I'm going to two instant coffee on top. And it's another reason why I'm playing a $5 ticket here, because instant coffee is two to one. And instant coffee is the best horse in this field, period. End of discussion. Like it, There are other horses who could jump up and, and snap instant coffee off here. Don't get me like wrong. I, you could make a case, in my mind, for three or four of the others, I really am not a Kings Barn guy. I know there's a ton of people who like Kings Barn out there and are really excited about this horse at six to one. I'm just not one of them. I wasn't impressed <laughs> in the, the maiden breaking score. I didn't think it was that great of a win at Tampa Bay. The horse who ran second, Mikey's Bananas, sucks. Like, absolutely sucks. Go look at his past performances. Uh, so for me, like, this is a huge step up in class for Kings Barn, which is going to be one of the heavily played horses. But Instant Coffee just is consistent. And runs that same race every time. It's not flashy. It's not amazing. You're not blown away by him. But he just keeps winning. And just keeps running that race. I don't see any reason he doesn't just keep running that race in here. You got a couple new shooters. We'll talk about them. The one, the five, the, the three. I guess not a new shooter, but coming back. The seven, Cagliostro, uh, could definitely pull it off as well. But, like, Instant coffee is the best horse in this race. And yep. if I'm pressing through because of what the earlier legs are in the sequence, then I'm singling instant coffee here. Now, if I was spreading in other spots, this may be one where I'm like, okay, I'm interested in the one, two, three versus just taking the two for a 50 cent ticket. But in a $5 ticket, I'm not going to go crazy here and try and beat instant coffee when I think he's the best horse. Yep, most proven horse in the field, multiple horses he's beaten to come back to win in derby preps. Uh, no argument against using him here. Um, size is a board. Size knows how to get this horse home. I went four deep though, and I was trying to find a couple of prices. I I really think the five disarm is going to run a much improved race, a career best race. Is it good enough to beat Instant Coffee? We'll find out. Uh, but you remember, he had one of the most talked about maiden wins all summer long at Saratoga. Something clearly goes wrong. He misses 197 days, but you know he returned with some rust. Finished second in allowance win. As Mason admitted, the horse was rusty there. So. You know, you got that to worry about. But the winner of that race, Two Eagles River, got it right this time, Aaron. Already stakes place, going to the Arkansas Derby next. Um, Bred to love going this distance and handling two turns and all that stuff. And I think second off the layoff, he's sitting on a huge effort here. Um, you know, but and I get 10 to 1. I don't know if I'm going to get 10 to 1 because I feel like he's starting to get that wise guy hype, Mike. And that always worries me. That always turns me off of a horse. Yeah, one of these two Asterisons is going to get bad. Either the one or the five is going to be, be bet down pretty aggressively from the morning lines. The one shoppers revenge, 12 to one, the five disarm 10 to one. I think it's the five. You mentioned that that maiden breaker at Saratoga. Everybody saw that race. Everyone was talking about that race. It came back. It didn't break well last time. And so you assume if he gets out of the bake, out of the gate better to, on Saturday, you're going to get an improved effort here. The, the big question, like you said, is, is he going to improve enough to be able to beat someone like Instant Coffee, who has consistently showed us what race you're going to get out of him? Uh, and that one is the one that needs to be answered. It's why it's sitting on the board at 10 to 1. I, yeah. I 
think this is the horse that gets bet down of the two, though. I think you're probably getting five or six to one out of the gate on Disarm. I think Kings Barn is probably closer to seven to two. I honestly don't think Instant Coffee gets bet off the board here because Instant Coffee is just not sexy. Like, there's nothing sure. sexy about Instant Coffee's races when you watch them back. You're just like, okay. And then you see the buyer numbers. They're not like towering over this field. It's just you get that A minus effort every single time from them. And I'm not sure that anyone in this field is good enough to beat that. Yeah, um, it's it's true. And you're right. There's nothing sexy about instant coffee in the morning uh, when you're out of like the good stuff too. It's like, uh, mm. instant coffee. But hey, you take it in a pinch. It's better than nothing. Um, I did use Kings Barnes. I think that he might, you know, if he's not the most likely leader right away, I think he's going to sit close to the pace and get first jump. Uh, he'll definitely get the first jump on somebody like an instant coffee, which I think is big for him. And then I also like to use Tappet's Conquest because, again, getting 10 to 1 on this horse if he runs. Now there's a question about whether or not he's going to run here. There's some rumor he might go to the Wood Memorial. I haven't been able to verify it. If you have a verifiable source out there, anybody who's listening, let us know um, if you think where that's going to happen. But, you know, the, the effort from the allowance to the Risen Star, much improved that we saw from him. Um, it almost felt like going into the Risen Star. Cox thought this would, might be the horse he'd win the Risen Star with, right? Then Angel of Empire wins. And he said afterwards, he's like, I didn't expect that. I don't know where that came from. Oh, that's great. But now we're third off the layoff. Third start at age three. Manny Franco back in the saddle. Rode him on debut at Saratoga when he had that really nice second. Um, if he runs, I think at 10 to 1, there's a lot of value in taking this horse for a Brad Cox barn that's been winning derby preps all over the place. Yeah, hard pass for me. I uh, just If Tappet's <laughs> Conquest couldn't get the job done last time, when that race collapsed and set up for him to win, and it really looked like he should have won the race coming down the middle of that track, I'm not willing to, to to try and take him here where I think this field's actually better than the one that he faced last time in the Risen Star. I'm a little interested in Curly Jack. Like if I was spreading here, the three mm -hmm. would be the first horse I'd be spreading with. We talked about Curly Jack's trip to back. Uh, it was brutal in the, the Kentucky Jockey Club. If you go back and watch that, may have been better than Instant Coffee that day. Uh, was trapped on the rail, couldn't get through, got bounced around, finally got some space, ended up running up for second there. Comes back in the Risen Star, a little too close to the pace, a little too much of an ask first off the layoff, especially going a mile and an eighth. But I like the fact that the connection stuck with it. Now we're moving forward here to this mile and a 316th race. I don't think the distance is any issue for Curly Jack. I think it was just simply the pace and the, the, the layoff that cost him last time. I would expect a lot better effort from the three Curly Jack on Saturday. So that would be one I'd be using if I was spreading around in here. I, you know what? If he ends up scratching, I'm looking at this. That's probably who I'll end up filling in for, too. If he does end up going to the wood, um, I think Ted Curly Jack is the one to use as well. I, I'll be, admit, you know, Edgar Morales being continuing to be aboard is kind of what's turned me off of this horse a little bit. I'm not sure uh, if something goes wrong in a race like you saw with Hoosier Philly last time out. He's not a jockey like, say, Asai is. It's gonna, or an Irad is going to just jump that horse right back in and make sure we still get the best chance possible to win. So. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll use Curly Jack underneath as well there, but uh, a very interesting field and a very interesting sequence here. Oh, well, there we go. We'll close out of that one too. That's going to get all super. Uh, What's <laughs> up, was a kaleidoscope here. I didn't. That was crazy. Anyway, that's going to be the Magic Mike show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to talk about the Bayou Bluegrass Five. I had fun making the graphic for that, but boy, uh, what a mouthful! Uh, it is a 50 cent uh, minimum. It is a 15% takeout and it is a mandatory payout. So with all the money that goes in, it's all coming back out to the players minus 15%. But uh, make sure you, uh, if you were interested, make sure you put that in the comments below. If you're playing, we'll give out our tickets one last time. I'll start. I'm going to go two, three, eight with two, five, eight, single the four, 
then go one, four, and then two, five, six, nine to end things here for $36. Mr. Samich. I'm going to play a $5 ticket here. I'm going to go two with five, two, with five, with one, four, ten, with two for five bucks. That'll cost you $30. And I got to ask you a question, Magic. What, what do you have to do after this? Do, was I rushing? <laughs> I think this is the fastest you've ever talked in an episode. <laughs> Just flying through some of those races as well. I'm sorry. Would you like to go back and talk some more about some of these races? I just thought that we covered things. We had very similar horses that we liked. Did you want no, to waste the people's I'm, time? I mean, I'm good, man. I just I'm just wondering where the fire is. I didn't know if it's like you got a hot date night tonight, or maybe the babysitters only stay until about three thirty or something. I didn't I didn't know what the what the goal was here. I wish any of those things were true. No, it just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at that. Yeah, see, <laughs> it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me. <laughs> I am so sorry. You know what? Let's go here. We'll pull back. I'm going to pull back up the fields. Uh, tell you what, let's talk about the Dubai World Cup for half an hour. I think that's what everybody's going to. Oh, wait, no, they're going to do that next show. Um, let's talk about uh, what else can we talk about for half an hour here? I, yeah, I mean, I got, no, I, got, I got nothing. I think we did a phenomenal job covering this. I'm going to hit the sucker on a $5 ticket, so I'm not worried about that. I just thought it was hilarious how fast you're talking there. <laughs> I didn't even realize it. Was I speaking too fast? Was it too fast to where the information was unintelligible more than usual? Um, No, I, it, was, it, was, it was fine. It was, it was just very quick pace. That's all. That is, that is such a... Such a believable answer. <laughs> I felt like we were running a 5-5 five, five for long. It was Jesse. Do not come in. This is the wrong show to have wrong Saved by the Bell information. We'll both yeah, jump no, on. Yeah, no, that was Jesse. That was we can't we can't say Kelly there. Do not talk ill about Kelly Kapowski. That won't get you anywhere here. Mm-mm. No, no. Uh, all right, games tonight. What's going on tonight? What's happening in sports ball? Sports ball has some college basketball games that people seem to care about here. Uh, we got four Sweet Sixteen games. Uh, the the one that kicks off the tournament here for the today at least uh, is Kansas State and Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State laying one right now. Magic, do you have any opinion here on this game? Go Spartans. Yeah, they're going to lose. Uh, Kansas State. I'm uh, giving Kansas State on the money Probably. line. This is a great setup for Kansas State. Michigan State likes to play in a half court. Kansas State, very good half court defensively. I think Michigan State's going to have a hard time scoring. I took the under in the first half. I took Kansas State. Arkansas-UConn, I think, is a wildly difficult game. I mean, I, that one's just really, really tough. Right now, Arkansas catching four against UConn. Went down to three and a half today. Uh, a bunch of Arkansas money came in. That one's in Vegas. Should be just phenomenal. Did you uh, you have any thoughts on that one, Magic? All I care about is UCLA. Go UCLA. The rest of these games, they're just filler until we get to UCLA. That's going to be the game of the night. I mean, it's it's a shame that that's a Sweet 16 game. That could easily be a Final Four game. Both of those teams, phenomenal. UCLA's injuries are my biggest concern here. They're out. The number one defensive rated player in the country's out. He's going to hurt them, especially against the number one most efficient offense in the country, Gonzaga. I'll take Gonzaga money line, but I think it's going to be a thriller. U C L A. I just uh, I got one question for you, Magic. Yeah. Have you looked at the racing dudes bracket pool recently? I looked yesterday, and I actually was like 18th. You were very high as well. You're sixth. Sixth, baby. Right. Sitting there, sixth. 96.8 percentile. We're coming for it, baby. I'm telling you, Aaron's sending me that swag bag. It's coming. Uh, I did notice Jace not anywhere near the top. <laughs> No, no, Jason, not, not a lot of from those 25 entries. Must have had a lot of Arizona winners in those entries. Looks or like Purdue. Alex Herrera. Probably Purdue going. Alex Herrera in first, Aaron Mattingly second, 
I'm guessing it's Drake Rogers sitting in third right now. Shotty up there. Shotty's doing great. Speaking of the racing dudes, head over there for the full preview for the Louisiana Derby from Aaron Halterman. Uh, Jeff Ruby Stakes is a preview is up there. The Blinkers Off will be live in about 22 minutes, I'm guessing. Um, they'll be live with that. And I have good. No, I'm not going to be live. Okay, they'll be live at some point talking Dubai and Kentucky Derby prep picks. Also, big news: the Racing Dudes Guide, the inside track to the Louisiana Derby wagering guide. Uh, sounds like it's actually going to be available to come out later tonight for production. So. Uh, either tonight or early tomorrow, Friday morning. So thank you for your patience, everybody, for getting for waiting for those ones. And then don't forget, Sunday, we got the Sunland Park Derby, Sunland Park Oaks. Mike Samich, I know you're super excited about that. I can't wait, man. I'm about to do the previews for both of those now that I got a little time before I got to go on my date night. Before you, Oh, that's right, date night. And then you've also got uh, Las Vegas this weekend. Oh, that's a big deal for you as well, buddy. Yeah, excited. Uh, Going to be doing uh, a show for VEASAN tomorrow, Sharp Money, from 2 to 3. If you got VEASAN, check that out. And I'll be hosting uh, the handle on Sunday morning from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern. So if you're uh, your sports betting, make sure you check out VEASAN Sunday morning. Boom. There you go. Check that out and follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kelloward. He is at Subabomb18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. Again, uh... <laughs> No comment. OGHandicappers.net. Go there. You can get all of the great apparel to look great gambling. Use promo code DUDES, D-U-D-E-S, for 10% off everything site-wide. Yeah, it's been a fun show. Sorry, I will make sure that I go a a much slower pace. Maybe I'll bring back – how about we bring back the um, uh, best thing I saw segments? Those are always ways to really draw shit out, too. Yeah, that was a great way to just burn some time. Best thing I saw, baby. We're going back to the Secretariat bottle. Come on. Boom, there we go. That's called a callback. We'll be back uh, Friday, and uh, remember, Wednesday through Sunday uh, at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Dudes who bet daily for free picks, best bets for the sports and horse racing world. Make sure you get everybody's stuff for, everybody's top picks for the NCAA tournament. I know Aaron and Papa Dude uh, and Mike are watching that all very closely, so tune in for those. And then Mike and I will be back on Monday with a jam-packed Magic Mike show with all of the Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks updates. But until then, oh, also, forgot one last thing. Sorry, I'm really bad at plugging right now. Uh, live show, Saturday. Mike won't be around for it, but Aaron and I, and maybe a special guest or two, we will be covering uh, all four fairgrounds and uh, Turfway Park preps for the Derby and for the Oaks. So 2.30 to 4 Pacific, that is going to be 5.30 to 7 uh, for the East Coasters there. And hopefully Fairgrounds has the light bill paid this time so we can actually see the finishes to some of the big races. But until Monday, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. (laughs) Good luck this week, everybody. (laughs) The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb. Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.